the 16th, and I have to issue a correction, I said uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was the 14th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe last time. I can't count. That's my problem. Yeah, that's 15. See, uh, good journalism, issuing a formal correction. But the 16th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I think, now I'm questioning myself, even though I just counted, anyway, is Spider-Man Homecoming. Talking about it with me is, is as always, Barry. Barry, how are we doing? Not too bad. I never count, so that's that's that's, you know... That's the best way to just avoid confusing yourself is just be as vague as possible. You see, the, the list on the Wikipedia just lists the films in phases. They don't actually put, I'm actually going to go in and edit and just put numbers next to them just to make my life easier. Yeah, what kind of what kind of nonsense is that? Breaking up by phases. Come on, Wikipedia. No don't doubt. get caught up in the don't get caught up in the branding. Yeah, no doubt some editor will be like, "No, there's a reason you can't put numbers next to them because the timeline is out of sync or something, and the films don't follow a sequential order sometimes." Oh God, I bet I bet the talk pages for for Wikipedia for for Marvel movies are just the most banal, annoying things ever. Never looked, and I never will. Yeah, I don't look at that in general. It's just uh, now I'm tempted. I'm tempted to click the button, Barry. <laughs> oh no! Don't do it! Don't do it! We we, we got We got. We're gonna have. We're gonna have a good conversation here. There's no way the conversation in there is as good as we will have out here. <laughs> so we have Spider-Man: Homecoming, which is the third major attempt to launch Spider-Man as a film franchise. What's your opinion before we start on this one? The other two. Do you like the other two? I love. The Raimi movies. I, I think I don't, you know Raimi is kind of quietly one of my favorite um, directors. I love Evil Dead. I, I've never seen Army of Darkness, but I love Evil Dead one and two. Um, I love the Spider-Man one and two. Um, uh, I like Drag Me to Hell an awful lot. I just I I love his um, uh, kind of kookiness. Um, and you know he was making comic book movies in an era where there wasn't that uniformity that there is between the movies now. Um, And I think that's caused it to age maybe not so well. And I I know a lot of people look back on on those Raimi movies kind of negatively because they're kind of campy and goofy. And, you know, Tobey Maguire is obviously not the most charismatic lead. And, you know, Kirsten Dunst is not the most charismatic. uh, At the time, I would say, she's obviously gotten better. Um, You know, certain aspects of them haven't aged. That's, That's fine. But I, I still think they're so good. I watched them not that long ago. I haven't watched them since Homecoming, but I watched them only a couple of years ago, and I, they're still great. They're still they're they're they, they feel like Sam Raimi movies. You know what I mean? It's like in, in a way that that um, kind of the MCU movies don't really feel like the work of a particular director necessarily. Um, uh, so yeah, I I really love uh, those first two. Obviously, the third one is is. I have tried to rewatch that several times, and it is a gigantic mess. I mean, it is a, it is a, uh, really, it, it's a pretty terrible movie with some good aspects in it. Um, See, my, uh, problem, and, my problem with that original trilogy is I don't remember much of one and two, and I remember <laughs> three far too well. So, like, my that's fair. My, that's fair. My default setting when I think, oh, Spider-Man original three films is just. Oh God, no! When I think yeah. the first two are really good films, but that third one is just oh. yeah. The, but the, the thing is that that you know, you might you might remember more than you realize because, like I said, it's just so it's gleefully silly. It's not a self serious, you know. It's kind of the polar opposite of Nolan, but not not veering into Batman and Robin. It's like you know this scene where all the New Yorkers come out and they attack the Green Goblin. Hey, get out of here, you friggin' Goblin! We're protecting. <laughs> the spider what are you doing over here uh, get out of here with my sandwich you know it's it's that that great scene 
You got, of course, the bone saw scene, um, uh, which is just ridiculous. Uh, the upside down kiss and all that other stuff. Um, yeah, they're 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 really great. Um, uh, and 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 I I I will always have a they'll always have a place in in my heart. Um, third one, yeah. I, tell you what, though, the third one does have um, uh, that great Sandman scene where he turns into sand. Hmm. Which is which is really great. And I, what I what I do love as well, and I'll put this up against any superhero film that has come out since, um, with the possible exception of maybe the Joker. I don't know if there's as many great villains and great villainous performances as Willem Dafoe in that first movie. Um, he is really tremendous as Norman Osborn. I enjoy the writing of that character. I enjoy the arc of it. I enjoy that he has a little bit more going on than trying to steal a thing or you know, blow up a thing. I think there's something more personal going on there. I think his performance is great. And there's nothing as weird and unique and kind of actor-focused as that scene where he's talking to himself in the mirror as Green Goblin and Norman Osborn. Mm-hmm. It's so cool and, and, and different. So I love those Raimi movies. If you've noticed, I've talked a lot about them and, and haven't touched on the amazing films yet. It's because I don't have a whole lot to say about those. Um... Those amazing films for- are just like they're aggressively fine. There's literally there's nothing wrong with them. They're perfectly competent pieces of filmmaking. They're just yeah. they're just there. That 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 first one in particular, I thought, I thought the second one was actually kind of pretty bad. But the first one, I, I thought, like I said, it is the most fine movie. It is really you know you've got the the lizard is lame. He's trying to shoot a laser into the sky. It's completely uninteresting as a, as a plot. But Andrew Garfield's good. Emma Stone is good. I was. Except for the fact that Andrew Garfield looks about uh, ten years older than all the other children mm. um, in in the movie, that's just ridiculous, uh, <laughs> and that's obviously something Tom Holland is perfect for. But Garfield, it's just like there's barely any effort. Like they, there's no uh, kind of there's not enough makeup or CGI in the world to, to convince me that he's he's um he's uh, of that age. But he is he is he's a charming guy. Uh, he had great chemistry with Emma Stone. Um, I really like those performances, but uh, can't remember a whole bunch else. And the second one, I thought the second one was just horrendous. I mean, from the Electro origin story, the most on-the-nose wrote comic book thing ever, where he falls into, like, an electric thing and turns into the electric man. Mm. Um, uh, the uh, the Green Goblin, I, just, I can barely remember what the Goblin was in that movie. That's two really underwhelming kind of Harry Osborn versions you've seen, because obviously Spider-Man 3... Was, uh, was pretty weak as well. Um, and the really bizarre way they promoted Rhino and Paul Giamatti as part of that film. Yeah. When it's not at all. He's like a pre-credits stinger. Setting up... I love when I love when movies are such a flop. They set up sequels or other movies in the universe and they're immediately binned. And so that movie now instantly ages horribly because they're setting up a third film that never happens. Um, uh, yeah, because that's, that's, kind of that's kind of what he does in that movie. Um it's kind of a bummer. In the same way Spider-Man 3 was a bummer because it's like, oh, we'll, we'll never get the first instance of Venom in cinema again. The first one will always suck, and that's kind of disappointing. Even mm. if even if there's a good one down the road. It's like, we'll never... They'll never have a chance to, for the first time, do the Gwen Stacy death. Um, like, that's forever etched in history. Like, that's what their first go of it was. Which, you know, it's actually a fine scene, but it's just... It's, not, it's in a movie no one will ever watch again. Yeah. There's even uh, that scene in that film where they where they're in that room with all like the villains costumes and stuff and they're like, Ooh, we're doing the, the Sinister Six or whatever, that's gonna be the big Spider Man Amazing Spider Man three thing and nope, never gonna happen. <laughs> uh yeah, so like Sony has had like a boner for the Sin- Sinister Six stuff. 
I feel like I've heard about that even before the amazing films started. Because um, I'm, fa- I'm fairly sure it wasn't until 3 was such a disaster that they even binned that series. Mm. Um, they, had, they had plans. I mean, there's, there's two things that have been in the ether for the longest time. The, the Venom movie, which I remember hearing about. Hearing about like before three even came out, I remember hearing that there was like, oh, we're gonna we're toying with the idea of doing a Venom movie, um, and even as Spider Man has uh, died and been rebooted and rebooted again, that idea has persisted, got gone through countless directors and writers and all this other stuff, and uh, as of this recording, it's it's um, I was gonna say apparently happening. It's not apparently happening. It is happening. They they they're in they're in principal photography right now. I believe it's out this year. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I that was that's kind of to me that feels like the end of an era as a comic book movie uh, follower. Um, just it's like I would forget that that movie was an idea, and then once in a blue moon, IGN would tweet, "Oh, hey, the, the director you didn't even remember was doing this film. Yeah, he's gone." I was like, <laughs> "Okay, whatever. I don't care. I didn't even know they had a script." Um, but yeah, it's and and Sinister Six. I feel like slightly less long, but has also been like milling around in the ether for so long and as we'll get to in homecoming i feel like they've 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 actually they have actually um planted the seeds for that but yeah they did so in two and amazing two rather and it uh, went nowhere it's weird it's it's a tumultuous history isn't it spider-man in uh, cinema it is it's just weird it's it's basically like a a a house of cards of plans that eventually just all come crumbling down yeah She's like, Venom, uh, maybe? No. And then, like, Tom Hardy's going to play Venom. That film is out in October, apparently. We'll see how that goes. But, and then... Yeah, then... I'm going to, I'm going to, just, just for conversation sake, I'm going to look up. I actually can't recall who is writing and directing this Venom movie. Um, do you know off the top of your head? I have no idea. So, yeah, Tom Hardy is obviously the star, which is, you know... Uh, I can I can see him as a Venom, as in the... the I don't know that I see him as everyman, loser, photographer... Um, Eddie Brock, but he's a versatile guy. I, I like Tom Hardy an awful lot. Um, uh, he's he's pretty talented. So so we'll see. They put out the, in in a hilarious bit of clickbait. You know, all the sites ran with first image of Tom Hardy as Venom, but it's him as Eddie Brock. So it's 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 Tom Hardy with his brown hair and his regular man clothes. Just this kind is of a picture there. of Tom Hardy, isn't it? Yeah, here's a picture of Tom Hardy on set. He could be doing literally any movie. Um, uh, so let me see here. Uh, I will say it, Tom, it, uh, Tom Hardy's a better Venom than Topher Grace was. Oh God, I feel bad for Topher Grace, but yeah, that was bad. That was that was pretty dang bad. Um, yeah, what are you what are you gonna do? Uh, it's being this is being directed by Ruben Fleischer, who I've never heard of. Mm. Uh, he oh wait, hang on, all right, no, this is, this isn't bad. Directed Zombieland. That's a real good, good film. Movie. Good movie. Um, and I have not heard of the rest of these. Oh no, I have. I've heard of one of them. Uh, Gangster Squad. I didn't see that, but I've heard of it. Um, I've seen uh, all of Santa Clarita Diet, which is a fun show. Did he do that? Is he on? He was executive producer of it and directed a couple episodes. Okay, Funnier Die presents. I've heard that's all right. This is okay. This isn't the worst. I think I think Marvel has taken bigger gambles than this. So so we'll mm. see. Uh, Thirty minutes or less. I heard is okay. Yeah, yeah. This is this is okay. Um, it's kind of it's the kind of like mixed bag. Um, uh, um, uh, resume that like uh, David Ayer had for Suicide Squad, and I feel like that movie was kind of not even really its fault. Um, so yeah, yeah, that that could go either way, but um, but yeah, this Venom film is in a weird place because it's not part of the Mar- Marvel Cinematic Universe, 
but the Spider-Man films are, but they plan to interact with the Spider-Man films? Yeah, it's it's super odd. It's kind of... Um, uh, yeah, so it's, it's kind of like... It reminds me of um, uh, D- the way DC do things, because, like, DC own the rights to all of their characters, to my knowledge. They don't... They don't have the legal strife that Marvel does, but they kind of force it upon themselves because they just simply opted to have their TV shows not be canon with their movies, mm. um, which is fine. I, you know, I, I don't think everything has to tie in together. Um, uh, and so uh, even, even, even as Disney begins to buy up the world, um, uh, they, they, Marvel still have these headaches of, of, of interacting with them. Um, with other IP. I mean, I suppose should we probably open this with like, I guess, prefacing how it came to be. I mean, there's not much to say really, but it's, it seems like after amazing Spider-Man two was a, a, a critical flop. And I, I would have to imagine a, a box office disappointment. They, uh, they threw their hands up and said, let's, let's just sit at the table with Marvel and see what we can work out. And there was discussions between Marvel and Sony before, like there was discussions to have the, um, what do we call it? The Oscorp tower, I think. In the Avengers, you know, when they're flying through New York, smashing buildings, there was discussions to have, I think it was the Oscorp Tower, just be one of the buildings they happened to smash through. And it just, it fell through pretty late just because they couldn't get it done in time. Between them going into the, like, before, even before they gave up on the Amazing Spider-Man film, what, well, what I imagine was planned to be a film series or franchise or universe or whatever you want to call it these days. But... Yeah, and then Sony are basically like, screw this, we'll just take a cut of your fancy Disney money. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's like, we'll just give you Spider-Man, it's fine. Yeah, I'm wondering if, if like... So yeah, Sony's kind of like hands-off with with this stuff so far, but I'm wondering if in, in true Sony style, they'll they'll balls it up somehow. Like like maybe this Venom movie, which which is an MCU, but as you said, you know, might interact with, with Tom Holland's Spider-Man. Like... Knowing their track record, I mean, the, the, this Venom film could just be the, the biggest clusterfuck. I mean, it could be a, a disaster, um, but we don't really know. But yeah, so Sony are hands off. Obviously, I like that they. Uh, when I was rewatching this film, they 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 get they get first billing um, uh, during the, the 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 sort of graphics in the build up to the film. They do distribute they, it as well. Yeah, so so they but they you know it, it was a, a a Marvel Studios production. Mm. Um, so yeah, it's very odd. Also, I, I've, never, I've never heard this confirmed, but it's kind of an educated guess. Is that uh, the you know upcoming big tentpole Spider-Man release video game uh, is a Sony exclusive on PS4? Yep. Uh, and so the, the the assumption made was that as a bargaining thing was that Sony basically gets an exclusive thing. And I'd um, imagine there's not smoke without fire there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it it, it would make sense, um, and I can't wait for that. Just as an aside, uh, Insomniac working on that good team um, made made games that are that are fun and, and you can see them easily transitioning to Spider-Man. I think that's a cool thing. Mm. But uh, yeah, the complicated world of Spider-Man. Uh, all all said and done, when it comes down to it, we got a great ass film here. We this is fifteen minutes of build up to actually start talking about Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. <laughs> It's a long way to get them. We we spent as long getting there as they spent getting to make it. Yeah, yeah. Like the name, obviously, it's a it's a fun name because uh, obviously you know Homecoming Dance, but of course it's the it's Spider Man as produced by by uh, the Marvel folks, where 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 everyone wants him to be, you know. Mm. Which, how do you feel about this film? I love it. I really enjoyed it when I first saw it. 
I uh, I had reservations about it. I thought there was a little too much of that MCU-ness in it for me, a little bit too much of that safety. On a, on a, on a rewatch, that stuff I barely registered with me at all. It was so fun. It, it held up tremendously on a repeat viewing. Um, I, I, I thought it was really fantastic. I think I think rewatching this probably bumped it up a few spaces on my 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 top ten films of the year or whatever. Mm. So like it's film of the year quality, not just like good superhero film quality. I I think so. I think I think it's one of like my favorite blockbusters in recent memory. I think it's it's charming and action packed, and it moves at such a brisk pace. I like. I did not notice this film going by at all, and it's it's the usual Marvel thing. It was like it's what two hours twenty or something like that, is it? Uh, about two ten. Two ten, yeah. So you know, not a, not a short movie, but I barely noticed it. Uh, nothing dragged. All the characters were great. There were no annoying characters. There were no, um, you know, the, I, I, on a repeat viewing, the MCU hooks. I I weren't bothered by it all. I even appreciated them more. I think. Um, yeah, I I really loved it. I really really did. When I first saw this, the, and I don't know why this, I think, annoyed me so much. Like, there's a line in this film, and it's it's actually a really good scene when when Spider Man is crushed by the vulture by basically a building, and he's yeah. he's sitting there and he sees his face and half the mask, and it's split fifty fifty. And you're supposed to think about that line Tony Stark said to him. It's like you know, if you're nothing without the suit, you're nothing. And then they played the line, and I'm like, no, oh yeah, no, yeah. it's that uh, did that did bother me actually as well on a repeat viewing. Yeah, because I'd forgotten about that. Yeah, because the like the visual there is so good, where he sees the split fifty fifty. It's like, oh, that's so great. And then they play the line, and it's like that was added in post by some marketing ex- executive at Disney saying, you know, I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I wonder if that was a Blade Runner esque thing where there was a there was a, several hour arguments between executives about whether or not the audience would get it, and they recorded it this voiceover and, and debated until the absolute final moment whether or not to put it in because it did seem so on the nose. But, eh, what are you going to do? Yeah, you I, I do? don't know why that annoyed me so much when I first saw it because, realistically, it, it's a small... It's, it's actually one of the very few, uh, like, nits you can pick from this film because this film is so much fun. Yeah, it really is great. And it, it ticks so many boxes. It's got... You, you've, with Spider-Man, you've got a lot of masters to, 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 to keep. Um, especially when you're when you're tying it into the broader universe, but it's like um, uh, this is of the of the three modern movie iterations of Spider-Man. This is the one that really goes hard on the idea of he is a uh, he's in school. He is a high school student doing high school student things, struggling to keep the balance with uh, uh, being Spider-Man. I mean, he's he's 15. Tom Holland looks 15. That's that's perfectly believable. Uh, Spider-Man 1 is like not even uh, touched upon. Spider-Man 2 he does struggle with being Spider-Man and his real life but he's also like a college student and he's working a job so it's not like he's a kid dealing mm. with that it's like he's an adult like any other superhero trying to you know find the balance whereas this it's like he's he's a dork who builds Legos with his friends and, and you know um, things things like that it, it's, it's, it's very kind of ground level kind of high school uh, teenage drama uh, fused with superhero stuff. Uh, you've also got kind of I, I like the the montage early on where he's he's solving some of the street level crimes and and returning the bike and stuff. Kind of has that feeling of hey you know we got to tick the box of he's in he's you know a New York superhero. He's got to you know uh, mix it up with all the, the the various cultures and people in New York and they, they they tick that box. You know it's it's tough but they 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 cover their bases really well and and. Uh, particularly on the youth front, I feel like it was something that the other uh, series didn't do. 
Mm. And like I do like like he goes to like this super nerd nerd school and he's still king of the nerds at the super nerd nerd school bullied for being a giant nerd in a school for high achievers in science and math or whatever yeah absolutely i like speaking of speaking of the the super nerds i i did appreciate that uh flash is in this movie but rather than just being another version of him where he's a jock he's like he kind of resents peter because flash is also uh, you know, a genius, but he's he's outshined by by Peter, and therefore he resents him, bullies him for uh, it, bullies him for it. That's that's a, that's a nice touch because you know, it, it's it's when when you're doing the third version of a, of a character in in 15 years, obviously you have to kind of avoid retreading the same ground, uh, which is probably a good point to mention. No origin story, no no uh, Uncle Ben, uh, you know, no, no, none of that nonsense this time. There is no with great power comes great responsibility. No, I don't even think that's uh, said at any point. No, not even like like what did Martin Sheen was like. If you have a responsibility to help people, you need to help people. So if you're gonna like dance around the line, at least just say the line. Oh, uh, I forgot Martin Sheen was in that one. Oh no, he was. He, he should have been such a good Uncle Ben. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, that would that would have been fine. I yeah I, yeah that that whole it's so crazy in hindsight that they did that. I mean. Uh, oh man like because it was i mean what was that 2012 so yeah it was just about 10 years after after the original like ugh, that's crazy in hindsight that they did that mm. but um i mean i guess they wanted to firmly establish that hey this is a new thing but but uh but yeah i mean this this does just fine without doing that like literally uh, doesn't even mention him uncle ben is not a factor in this universe yet i do i do think he has to be I'm, I'm sure people. Yeah. I think people will put, would push back on that. It's like, oh, we've done it two times already. But it's like it is a formative part of the character that this uncle. That's why he's a superhero. Yeah, right. And it, it's again, it, it's it's part of of them having so many masters to to keep happy is that that you're also you're you're trying to satisfy the comic book fans, tie it into the MCU, make it an actual good movie, mm. but also avoid retreading the things that were done previously. Uh, you know. Uh, so so it's it's tough, but yeah, like you say, I, I I would maybe like an acknowledgement of him in 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 the next film. I don't think he has to be a significant part of it, but but you know, just just a little something to say, hey, yeah, you know, because like this is a this is a huge part. This is like I'm sick of hearing about Batman's parents, but at the same time, you can't just not address it either. Yeah. You know, that's that's it's it's a part of who the character is. You know, so it's like it would be like you know having a superhero a superman movie where he doesn't kind of look up at the sky and go hmm, maybe i don't belong here you know yeah, it's, uh, yeah it's, as as tired as it might be you have to you kind of have to you know pay lip service to it at least it kind of in the same way as batman's a good example as well because it defines like the character's moral compass mm. and that that's where their their drive to help people and save people comes from and as you said you don't have to flash back to uncle ben falling through a wrestling ring or whatever <laughs> But you have to. I, I do think you have to bring him up. Just at least bring him up. And that's a uh, that's another thing that um, uh, that this movie does differently. It's kind of differentiated. There isn't a whole lot of um, uh, moral dilemma for Peter in this film because, again, that's something that was kind of done previously, and and so it's kind of more of a coming of age story and and that the line we mentioned previously about oh if you're not if you're nothing without the suit then you shouldn't have it that's kind of the moral of the story and i remember watching the trailers for this film and all the iron man stuff i was like ah i don't need iron man all over this movie oh i don't mm. need the avengers 
all over this place. I don't need a, an Iron Man movie with Spider-Man in it. Um, but I, I really, I enjoyed it a lot in the cinema, and I thoroughly enjoyed it um, uh, on this repeat viewing. I, I enjoyed Stark as the kind of an Uncle Ben surrogate in some ways, mm. uh, um, uh, because again, you know, paying homage to to the comic books, especially the comic books where you know Peter is significantly younger, like you know your, your Ultimate Spider-Man's, where I, I think he's like fifteen or fourteen in those comic books. Like Spider-Man is kind of the kid brother of the Marvel universe in the comics. He's this he's this teenager who's kind of who the the Fantastic Four kind of don't know how to deal with and. And all these other characters who interact with him are like he's this just annoying kid who's learning, and and that's that's a part of who the character is. And so you know he's not teaming up with Iron Man. Iron Man's like not not directly mentoring him, but just kind of looking at him and keeping an eye on him and making sure he's becoming the right kind of uh, the right kind of hero, as he says directly in the film. You know, I wanted him to be better than him. Mm. Uh, it's it's great. It's a really great dynamic, and it 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 made me like even after all we've said and how jaded. You know, I've kind of become with Iron Man. It made me like the Stark character more because he was showing a little bit more humanity and a, and a little bit more caring. And and he actually, you know, he gave a damn about about uh, uh, Peter's actions. Because this this film does have all of it has basically well, not all, but a majority of the Iron Man guest stars and the co stars in it as well. It has Happy, it has a Gwyneth Paltrow cameo as well. So it could have veered, it could have kind of veered on being an Iron Man 4, just it happens to have Spider-Man in it. And thankfully it doesn't, because, as you said, I don't think many people are clamoring for another Iron Man. I'm sure, well, I say that, I'm sure if they released Iron Man 4, it would make over a billion dollars. But from a creative standpoint, I don't think many people are clamoring for another Iron Man film. But I think, uh, like, Tony Stark works a lot better now. In, in kind of like the Hulk role, where you just lump him into these films as a side character who serves a, a real purpose, but he's not the star of the show, and that did really work in this film. He's he's in the film for a, a like the perfect amount of time. This film has the perfect amount of Tony Stark. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and and yeah, I kind of agree with that as well about the the Hulk comparison. Like, yeah, he have him even if it's a big part of an ensemble film. Let's just stick to the ensembles. It's, it's, I don't know that there's any franchise we need four of a of a of a franchise. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, uh, like like three is perfect, and in, in the case of Iron Man, it's not even really perfect because it's not like those those sequels are, are must see. But uh, yeah, that dynamic is is really really cool. Um, and uh, they just on the subject of the other kind of you know MCU tie-ins, I thought the uh, Captain America stuff was uh, was very was very well done. This film has uh, the best post-credit scene in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I strongly disagree. I strongly disagree. I this is I was definitely in the camp of just oh god. <laughs> I cuz I cuz people got me. They worked me and they're like you got to stay. You got to stay. It's really good. And I was like, oh, you assholes." Cuz I, I as I think I've made clear. I'm already a, a post-credit cynic. I mean, you, you need to be really good to justify me staying. But uh, they got me with that. But, uh, they openly troll you for it. It's so mean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, luckily the movie the movie was great, so I was like, all right, I'll I'll I'll, I'll leave that one go. Yeah. Uh, I, I again, I'd love to sit in on the meetings. They're like, do we think it's too much to openly troll the people who sat here for ten minutes after the film? <laughs> well, from what I saw, most of them liked it, so so I, I guess it paid off. But um, but yeah. 
the uh, the other the other Captain America stuff was great. I enjoyed Hannibal Buress, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, I, enjoy, I enjoyed him segueing to that Captain America PSA by saying, uh, "I guess this guy's a war criminal now. We've got to play this." So uh, he's he's the perfect actor to deliver that line with that level of of deadpanness. Like this, this film kind of it doesn't have a lot of ties to the broader universe. Like it has characters in the broader universe, but it doesn't follow plot line. I suppose like the the plot is set in motion by the events of whichever film that trashed the latest city. I actually don't remember which one. It was Avengers One, wasn't it? Well, oh yes, yeah, yeah. It's the because they're cleaning off that big snake monster thing. Yep. So uh, like those, the, the the events of that film set this film in motion. But other than that, it's not it's not like oh, we're setting up stuff for Infinity War now. They do no, pretty much none of that, thankfully. Well, yeah, it's just you were saying that the the uh, they didn't have a whole lot of tie in to the um, the broader universe. You could have you could have cut that opening scene. Uh, uh, I mean, I, not that there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying hypothetically, you could cut that scene where where Vulture is like uh, uh, the origin stories where he's uh, cleaning off that that monster. You could cut that and come up with something else, and it would work just fine. Uh, you could just throw in a line there, but oh, it's discarded Osborne tech or whatever. Mm. You know that uh, that would work just fine. So so yeah, it's all it is kind of surface level stuff, which is good. I think I think as excited as people were for Spider Man in the MCU, I think they were more excited about a Spider Man film with like quality control, and and more excited about just a good Spider Man movie more so than than any kind of significant presence for the uh, uh, in, in the universe. As much as I give out about that Tony Stark line playing in that scene, it is that kind of stuff that stops these films from being actively bad most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was, uh, uh, yeah. And I, I liked as well the, um, the the Avengers being the source of um, of kind of what drives Michael Keaton's character to become the Vulture. Again, when I saw on the trailer, I was like, oh, he hates the Avengers. I was like, oh my god, give me a break. But in, in execution, I thought it was, uh, it was it was pretty interesting, pretty well done. We we really can't talk about this film without talking about Michael Keaton. Yeah, it's great because man, that like I don't think there's a bigger swerve, definitely in this universe, but I can't even think of one in films than when Peter Parker goes to that house, he opens that door, and the vulture is there. Oh. Because they do nothing. They don't tease it. They don't hint at it. They don't lay little seeds. It's just like, it's meant to be a gigantic shock. And it really is. Did they have a line in there about Liz being adopted? Or is is the implication just supposed to be that she's mixed race? I think it's mixed race, but I'm not sure. She doesn't look mixed race. I mean, that's a, that. I think that's a little bit of creative, uh, artistic creativity or whatever you want to say. But um, yeah, because because it's just you know there's pasty ass Michael Keaton opening the door when 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 Peter. But oh, that's so great! I remember I remember everyone gasping when that happened in the cinema. Oh, that was such a great moment. Um, and yeah, this was uh, this was great because it, it kind of a bittersweet. This isn't really a, a criticism of the film, but I, I this was like the film that made me tap out on watching most trailers for films mm. uh, because there's a lot in the in the pre-release stuff for this. Uh, the, the 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 scene directly before this, where where Tony takes away the suit, that's basically like that's more or less in full in, in the trailer. And even though we don't get the reveal that, that he's Liz's dad, the trailers did also have the confrontation in the car, which is uh, which like that that sets off a ten minute sequence of Peter yeah. just nervously standing by the vulture, which is going, oh no, oh no, what do I do? Yeah, it's like that's that's in the trailer, so that that's a bummer. So it's like. 
So they, they, they did acknowledge in the pre-release stuff that, that that character would eventually figure out that it was Peter Parker. You know, it's just like, all right, I've had enough of this, you know, so so I, I try and avoid trailers whenever possible. But uh, but yeah, that reveal was protected, and it was it was great that it was, because it was really great. And Tom Holland is fantastic in that scene. Mm. Uh, just just looking ghostly white, terrified, and, and not knowing what to do. Yeah. Uh, and then there's that scene uh, in the car, which, that like, if this film was a bad film, I think this scene alone would redeem it. But like this yeah. is this is the highlight of a great film. That confrontation in the car where he's just slowly chipping away at the fact that he's Spider-Man and slowly working it out. And Peter Parker is freaking the hell out because, as you said, he has no idea what to do. Liz is just sitting there next to him. It's not like he can punch her dad in the face all of a sudden. And it's just like, oh, the tension in that scene. Like the tension. And it builds and it builds and it builds. And it's so good. Yeah, it's really fantastic. They got the... The, the green light shining on his face as well when he's, you know, when he's talking at one point. That's a cool moment. Yeah, it's really great. It's really great. And I, I like his um, uh, his vulture outfit. Uh, more than that, it's like a wingsuit. It's really cool. Mm. I, like, I, like the, I like the gimmick of that, of that kind of syndicate that they're uh, using the alien tech to make, to make weapons. It's a cool idea. It, it's, it makes, uh, you know, the justification for how these superheroes... Supervillains, rather, because what they, where their tech comes from, rather than just saying, "Oh, we invented it," or "Oh, it's you know, Kingpin funded it," or such and such a character made it. You know, it's like, okay, well, they tied it. They, you know, it's alien. It's straight up alien, um, uh, which is great. So we got, and we got, you know, Shocker in that crew. Two versions of Shocker. We had um, a pro wrestling reference to the pro wrestler Shocker as well. Yeah, yeah, that was great when when they were first having the debate. Uh, the original Shocker, he's got a, a hoodie that's in the style of the comic book character's outfit, which is a uh, a nice a nice little touch. The yellow kind of check pattern uh, arms. Um, we mentioned earlier, you know, Sinister Sticks idea has been floating around for years and years. Seeds seemed fairly uh, uh, fairly unsubtly planted in this film. You got the Vulture, obviously. Uh, you got the Shocker. Uh, you got Mac Gorgon, who is the Scorpion, who has a gigantic scorpion tattoo on his neck, just in case you didn't get it. Subtle. Um, uh, and, and again, he would fit in with a, a vulture-like outfit where it's just kind of robotic tail, robotic, you know, bodysuit. Um, and I think his character, I think the story of his character is that he's like some kind of, you know, crime syndicate experiment that goes wrong and he can't leave his suit. I think that's his origin story so they could do that um and I, I don't think there's any allusions to him in this film but you can squeeze doc ock in there somewhere you know he's got the the avengers alien tech arms mm-hmm. um you know the, the 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 seeds are in there so so if they do want to do that i don't know that i i don't know that i want to see any more kind of ensemble villain pieces but uh they're there it could be done the best thing about i think spider-man in general is he has a very good deep bench of villains you yeah. know, when you consider Vulture, is probably like the fifth best Spider-Man villain. You have like Kingpin and Venom and Doc Ock and Green Goblin, and maybe Vulture after that. There's probably some more. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if the motivation for Vulture was just kind of like we got it. We can't. You know, again, keeping away from what we've already done. Doc Ock would be a great one to start with. Uh, Green Goblin would be a great one to start with. But okay, those are done. Don't really want to do anything too soon to do Electro or anyone from the uh, from the Amazing One. So yeah, they, I think they. <laughs> and again, as much as I like the suit, you could just take that kind of non-specific. He has a robot outfit idea and apply it to any any of the Spider-Man villains. 
you know, they, they just happened to pick Vulture. Uh, they did away. They did away with his age sapping gimmick, which which wouldn't have fit anyway. I mean, that's that's a. I don't, I don't, I, that seems a little too goofy to to squeeze in here, but um, but yeah. So so they might have eaten really fantastic. Um, doesn't you know? Doesn't have it up unnecessarily. Uh, yeah. So so that was good. Yeah, and the, the age sapping stuff would have just been like, uh, it's, it would have been hokey. And the core of this film is. Michael Keaton just does this stuff for his family. He was laid off, basically, because of the Avengers, and he found all this cool alien tech, and he's just going to sell it for money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's grounded. It's definitely grounded. As, it, as you can be in, in, in the you know, MCU. You know, he doesn't want to destroy the world. He doesn't want to rule New York. He just wants to sell some cool alien toys and, and crime just so his family are happy. <laughs> it's like... Yeah. It's simple as that. And he's a guy with morals because Spider-Man saves his daughter's life. So he's just like, I'm not going to kill you out of respect for that. Yeah, that was that was, that was was neat. And and also in the post-credit scene, like, you know, obviously they can make him a fully-fledged villain in a sequel if they wanted to. Hmm. But they, they had the scene where Scorpion kind of says, hey, I heard maybe you know who Spider-Man is. He's like, you heard wrong. You know, he's he's like, all right, he saved my life. Seems like a good guy. I'm I'm leaving this one go. Yeah, this is a good film. It is a good movie, and uh, it felt felt triumphant in return. There was there was one comparison I, I wanted to make. I remember watching the first time I watched Deadpool it was in the cinema, mm. and like that that opening sequence is so silly and fun, and it has that song playing, and I was just like, maybe this is just me knowing the strife Ryan Reynolds went through to get this movie made. But I'm like, this is an opening sequence where it's like, this movie is happy it exists. It's happy to just have been made. And and Spider-Man Homecoming, when it opens with the Marvel Studios logo and it's got that marching band Spider-Man theme that just sounds triumphant. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. those horns are going. It's like, da-da-da, da-da-da. It's like, it's, it's like it knows that you are ecstatic that this is a thing that's happening. Um, and it's, it's, it's just the whole movie carries that energy through it. Um, and it's it's a good movie with great characters and 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 really fun action and and good jokes. It really uh, does feel like someone at Marvel has been sitting there since whatever two thousand eight, going like, "Who wants Spider Man? I want it. I want it so bad." And then it's like, yeah. "We have it. It is ours." And there is that sense. It's like, "Yeah, go us." Yeah, and and it's it's. I would wonder how how long the negotiations actually were on. I mean, obviously, you alluded to the Avengers negotiations, and and I mean, who knows? It could have been even further back than that. I mean, I, I would imagine that this has been long discussed, long discussed. Because it was first leaked in that Sony data breach, wasn't it? Ooh, I don't remember. God, there was so much that came out of that. It's like I can't even remember any much of the specifics of it. Uh, which I'm pretty uh, sure that was 2014. That sounds. A- uh, yeah, it would have been because I think that was also when the PSN outage. Oh no, no, that's that was separate. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. But uh, but yeah, it's good that it happened. And you know, this this I I think might set a precedent for any number of, of crossovers happening because you know it should it shouldn't require a buyout. You know what I mean? Like mm. like you shouldn't have to buy a company to make a crossover film. Just sit down. You probably both have something that each other wants and hash it out. Like, there was no reason prior to the buyout that, that Fox and Disney couldn't have just sat down and, and worked out a crossover. I'm sure they I'm sure they probably did in, in you know, undocumented 
you know, unofficial meetings, and I'm sure there was there was too much of a distance on money or, or creative freedom, you know. But but who knows? I mean, I, I think I think that that we need more dealings like this, where it's like let's enter into a mutually beneficial relationship where you can use our characters, you'll pay us a lovely sum of cash, maybe somewhere down the road we'll come to you and we'll want one of your characters and we'll give you some nice cash, you know. Uh, you know, that'd be great. Maybe when, when all these comic book movies are starting to sag and they're stopping making movie, you know, stopping making money at the box office, maybe DC and Marvel will sit down and have the conversation about, you know, doing a crossover. I mean, that's, I mean... Maybe that wouldn't be off limits, you know what I mean? I mean, look, if Warner Brothers and Disney sat down for Roger Rabbit, you know, get that rabbit in here and negotiate me a, a, a Batman Spider-Man movie. And like, there, there has, there has, like, there's been Marvel versus DC comic books. I think there's been some yeah. animated films, so it's not unprecedented. Yeah, and and it seems like this gargantuan task. But hey. I mean, look, it's not like DC are swimming in money, having a great time over there. Mm. Uh, no, no reason to come to the table. I mean, I realize, I realize we're talking some some stuff that's nowhere near happening now. But you know, like I said, I I, I didn't I didn't know that we would ever get. I always thought Sony would hold on to Spider Man for dear life, and he, he was like their one their one uh, uh, commendable thing um, uh, uh, that would that would forever make money. But I guess they saw that 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 was actually not going to be the case. So, um, so who knows what the future holds for 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 uh, these 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 massive uh, gargantuan entities and their and their IPs? There's there's money on the table. It's always like so, Sony get to release this film with Spider Man and Iron Man, and everyone makes money. And then Disney get to release like the Winter Soldier and Infinity War with Spider Man, and everyone I mean, everyone makes money, and everyone's happy at the end of the day. And there's good films, and everyone gets to pad their their pocketbooks, so to speak. Yeah. That's what no- it's all about. No one loses. Yeah, this is all. All, all this about at the end of the day is making that money. Um, and you know, I mean, this is great for Sony. Sony, Sony should just—they're they're kind of doing what WWE does nowadays, which is like, oh god, we cannot make these movies anymore. We're just terrible at it. So let's just finance someone to make a better movie for us, yep. and we'll put our logo at the beginning of it, and it'll be—it'll actually be watchable. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, I mean, Sony's just God. They should have sold that. To, I was going to say they should have given that Slenderman idea to someone else, but they should have just not done it. Is what they mm. should have done. That that trailer came out. We won't be reviewing that one. I'll tell you that much. That's uh, not part unless, of the MCU. No, unless unless they struck that deal, <laughs> and it's like Sl- Slenderman fights like Hulk or something at the end. That's probably a better uh, film. <laughs> we are right. It looks like a completely self-serious, awful horror movie. But I digress. Uh, yeah, and. uh with this, I think we're we're caught up, are we? Uh, no, with Thor. I completely forgot about Thor, and that was a great movie. Yeah, it was. Um, I was. I forgot to mention. I, actually, I mentioned it briefly earlier. Gwyneth Paltrow, and this is the weirdest place for Pepper Potts to suddenly be back in the MCU, wasn't it? <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. Oh my god, yeah, um, yeah. And again, that was another. That was another moment they got like this audible reaction from the crowd. I, uh, I. Uh, I appreciated that, as as weird as it was. It yeah. was very, very weird. Um, because we talked multiple times about how the women just randomly have disappeared for this universe, and there she is at the end. It's like, woo! Yeah. And there was weird, uh, yeah. weird references in, like, uh, not Winter Soldier, the other one, Civil War, where it's like, oh, we've broken up, I don't know. But apparently they're back together and happy. Yeah. It's kind of, it kind of feels befitting of that relationship, I guess. 
Um, although I'm certain it wasn't deliberate. I don't know that they were necessarily intentionally uh, building intrigue with that relationship. They probably were just like, this isn't important. We're doing our Civil War thing that can't be bogged down with a relationship right now. And more than um, likely, it would have cost far too much money to bring Gwyneth Paltrow in for what would have amounted to a cameo, even though they did it here. <laughs> even though they did it here, yeah. Although the, the cast was gigantic in Civil War, you know. You gotta pay, you know, Johansson and all those other people as well, so. But anyway, um, yeah. This was a, a cracking uh, movie. Yeah, I guess we got uh, another cracking movie before we're officially caught up. Yes, Thor Ragnarok, which, when's Black Panther out? It's out on the 12th, is it? Uh, oh, so yeah, I mean, we, we, we could get it done, but uh, <laughs> I don't know if we will. But yeah, one more, and then I by the time that comes out, we'll be one behind again. But yep. uh, yeah, we're nearly we're nearly there. Um, we'll, we'll be caught up by Infinity War. That that is true. That is that is definitely true. And hey, we got that 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 outfit at the end of this movie. He's in that in Infinity War, so that's interesting. Mm, though I was actually I forgot to mention it. The Iron Manization of Spider Man is not a thing I'm a great fan of, and I hope they don't lean too far into it. Hmm. Yeah, I like the idea that he might use it in special occasions, but I, I, I don't need him being a robot, Spider-Man. Yeah, I don't need um, him going pew-pew, scanning things with his lasers. Although one thing I like about Spider-Man, because I've, I've actually been a Spider-Man fan for like since I was a kid, because I was, of course, of the generation of the Fox cartoon, which mm-hmm. I adored, uh, the PS1 games, which I adored. I, I got that, they, Spider-Man got me into comics, had all the officially licensed like Fox Kids uh, uh, cartoon toys and all of the stuff. Uh, one thing I always liked about Spider Man was a kid was like all the different versions of me, all these different outfits, and feel like gosh, oh, man, eight year old me would have fucking loved that that Iron Man ish Spider Man suit at the end of this movie. Mm. Uh, I probably would have paid too much money for an action figure version of it. I digress. Um, Though we're talking about the, yeah. sin- the Sinister Six earlier. A cool film idea. Sinister Six, again, you know the way Spider-Man always does like the, the Madam Web, multiple universe Spider-Mans? Sinister Six yeah. versus all the Spider-Mans, and that's super cool. That would be alright. Yeah, I wonder I wonder at what point, probably probably not, it's probably too weird and risky to get to it, but I wonder at what point are these uh, these movies going to get into the dimension hopping. I mean, I guess Infinity War, they could they could broach that. I'll, I'll say this, I don't know a thing about what the Infinity War really is. I assume it's just a load of fighting over Infinity Stones. Mm. But uh, a lot of Marvel universes, in particular Spider-Man. Spider-Man's done a lot of dimension hopping and and clone wo- cloning and lots of. Spider-Man has gone some places in his time, <laughs> and I wonder as these movies drag on, and especially as they continue to make more of these Spider-Man movies, I wonder if they will go in any Madam Web. Here's three different Spider-Men. You know, I I wonder if they'll go there, but. We're just at the beginning. We are just at the beginning, so so mm. we'll 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 judge that as it comes. Before we go, do you have any plugs? Uh, yeah, Twitter.com/slash TheVaryLads, where you can go to find my takes on things that are non-superhero movie related. Although you'll still see some superhero movie related things on there. Uh, YouTube.com/slash Barry Murphy Lad. Back to streaming on a regular basis. I'm stuck to a good schedule here lately. So you can see me play through all of Life is Strange Before the Storm. I just finished that last weekend. Really, really great, really fun really fun game to stream and a, and a good game overall. And a backstreaming Hitman as well. So lots of stuff up on there. Uh, and you can follow along on Twitter for more kind of updates on, on what will be coming up on the YouTube channel soon. 